0: This morning, I have a couple of stories. Our church puts out wonderful morning devotional books for my son. And I probably get more pleasure out of reading it than my son does. But I will start off this morning with the story of the mangroves. Mangrove, mangroves are found all over the world. They are mostly in swampy areas. They are hard for people to get into because the roots grow out from as many as 50 different varieties of trees. And they grow out into the swamp. There's no place to walk. You can't farm it. And people go through and say, oh, this land is useless. They begin to tear out the trees and try and plant there. But scientists are finding out that the mangroves feed by leaves dropping off the trees, fruit dropping off the trees that feed small microorganisms, which in turn feed larger mollusks shrimp, and other types of fish, which in turn feeds larger schools of fish, which in turn can feed millions of people. And when you take out the mangroves, you destroy this ecosystem, and thousands and millions of individual species of wildlife can die because of it. And as we think about this today, I want to think And we'll talk about it some more about this mangrove forest. But as we think about it today, I want to think of us spreading out those roots into the world. And reclaiming the world, because as their roots go out into the lakes, oceans, rivers, they stop silt from going by, and that silt slowly collects, and slowly over time, What was once water and swamp becomes land and can again be used by others. I think about the year past and our church going forward and the challenges that we have. I have heard complaints. Yes, the head elder hears them once in a while. I have heard also much rejoicing. I hear from some of our members how things aren't as they should be. And yet I see people come, new people to our church. Some who have just come in because they find that either they want to keep the Sabbath or they find our spirit here. And they say, what a warm, inviting place this is. And then when talking with people, we We get the impression, did they come in from two different doors? Because the door I came in was cold, the door they came in they said was warm. Is it two different churches? What kind of glasses or prism did they see the church in that I missed? What is happening here? We read in Philippians 3.14, and I like the Phillips translation or paraphrase for this. I do concentrate on this. I leave the past behind, and with outstretched hands to whatever lies ahead, I go straight for the goal, my reward, the honor of being called by God in Christ. My son in school is studying about the whooping cranes, which start off in Wisconsin and fly all the way south, down into St. Mark's, just south of us here, about 30 miles south of us. They are training those birds, bringing them back from the edge of extinction and training them to fly like other cranes. If any of you have ever grown up in the Midwest and seen the sandhill cranes that will come out and just carpet the land where I grew up in Nebraska, as far as you can see. I remember my biology teacher when I was at Platte Valley almost killed us one time. We were out driving in a van, and he thought he saw a whooping crane and slammed on the brakes, and about 12 kids all went towards the front. But he said, oh, my mistake. But when these large cranes fly and go south, they fly remarkably long distances. But there's a secret to that distance. They fly in large groups and the leadership always changes. No one bird stays out in front for the entire journey. Second, they, chall- they challenge their leadership and they find leadership who can handle turbulence. Then all during the time that one leader is that one bird is out in front, all the ones behind are honking their affirmation. It's not a bad model for a church. We certainly need leaders who can handle turbulence and who know how to share leadership. But most of all, we need a church behind our leaders who is honking encouragement. As we face another year, I want to look back at the previous year, not to cry, not to bring up old issues, but to look at successes and areas of concern. We are challenged by our own shortcomings and our failures, but I want to look back and see how God is blessed and led. It seems like this has been a huge challenge for us this year. We've spent most of it without a pastor. What is happening? Why is this? Doesn't the conference know this? Why aren't they sending him to us? I want us to stop. I want us to get up in front of a mirror and look. I want us to look inward this year for that desire, for blame, so we can learn from our innermost selves how to grow and how to make a church thrive. In my own opinion, it's been a great blessing that we have not had a pastor because many people in the congregation have stepped up and done ministries and jobs and other responsibilities that sometimes we think the pastor should do. I am so thankful for the leadership here in this church. And I'm not just talking about elected leadership. All of us are leaders here in this church. We all have work to do, and we have seen it, And we have gone out and done it. You are what makes this church strong, growing and thriving. Let me rephrase that in a little bit different way. I can see the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us spreading light and grace to all those who worship here and are out in the world. Of course, there are things in the past. We, could cha- we would like to change. There are times when we have hurt others by deeds or by words. Times when our actions were out of personal gain. And we are not letting the Holy Spirit lead. But the past is gone. And praise God, our Savior Jesus Christ does not look to the past, only to the future. Italians have a custom. At New Year's, minutes before New Year's Eve, the streets clear out. There's not a soul in the street. There's no traffic. All the doors and windows are shut. Even the policemen have gone for cover. Why? Because at the stroke of midnight, doors and windows open. There is laughter. There is music. And old crockery detested ornaments, hated furniture, all sorts of personal possessions that remind people of the bad things of the past year are thrown out into the streets. This year I challenge you to look in your heart to throw out those old ornaments, that old crockery, to get rid of it, to throw it out into the street so that it can be replaced by the Holy Spirit. Throw out what is not needed, clean out the space, and fill it with the Holy Spirit. This sermon today is filled with challenges that I would like each of us to do this year. I know that God is leading, and when he is leading, we cannot fail. There is no way. I want this year to be the year of covenant, not of creed. Because a creed is a statement of beliefs, but a covenant takes work on both parties. There is work that we have to do, and there is work that the Holy Spirit has to do within us. For the first challenge, this month I'd like to us all to read chapter 73 in Desire of Ages. It's the chart of chapter that starts let not your heart be troubled it is talking about jesus and his commission to the disciples and he's challenging them cuz he because he knows he is leaving them the disciples will soon be without their pastor as we have been for a while but we need to remember that even though we are Without a pastor, we are never without a Savior who is leading and has plans for each one of us. Of course, we need good leaders who are dedicated, who God finds that he can fill with his Spirit and can lead us in all areas. And I think we have found them in many of our leaders here in this church. We are being led by God, and if we bring the Holy Spirit into our lives, we will affect everyone around us, both members and non-members. When we are led by the Holy Spirit, we are a growing, effective, caring, spirit-filled church. In chapter 73, we find the following paragraph. In describing to his disciples the work, the office work of the Holy Spirit, Jesus sought to inspire them with the joy and hope that inspired his own heart. He rejoiced because of the abundant help he had provided for his church. The Holy Spirit was the highest of all gifts that he could solicit from his father for the exaltation of his people. The Spirit was given as a regenerating agent. And without this, the sacrifice of Christ would have been no avail. The power of evil had been strengthening for centuries. And the submission of men to this satanic captivity was amazing. Sin could be resisted and overcome only through the mighty agency of the third person of the Godhead, who would come with no modified energy, but in the fullness of divine power. It is the spirit that makes effectual what has been wrought out by the world's Redeemer. It is by the spirit that the heart is made pure. Through the Spirit, the believer becomes a partaker of the divine nature of Christ and has given his Spirit as a divine power to overcome all heredity, hereditary, and cultivated tendencies to his evil and to impress his own character upon his church. Challenge number two, obtaining God's well done. If we are willing To apply a single word to our daily living, there is a word that can be used every day of the year, not just for opening days. It is a word that can change our lives for the better. This word is application. Let me remind you of the text. Do not concentrate on this. And I leave the past behind with outstretched hands for whatever lies ahead. My reward, the honor of being called by God in Christ. I want to take a look and to see what this verse is really saying to us today. The first thing I see is that it's need to concentrate on applying the word of God, this wonderful gift that was given to us by God, the opening of that Bible daily and letting God speak to us. There must be an application of God's word. The fact that we have the Bible to help us is showing that God wants us to be with him. We need to concentrate and to give our lives over. Because it is almost certain that we have contravened one of the principles laid down by the Lord in his word when we are not led by his word. Has God spoken to you in the past year about a particular thing in your life? Have you responded in the way the Lord has shown you? To apply God's word needs concentration to overcome the habits of a lifetime. Habits that are not glorifying to God. Let us take it our aim this new year to really concentrate on what the Lord is telling us, even if we don't understand why he is telling us to do it. Let me remind you that God's ways are not our ways. They are better, higher, greater than our ways. We need to apply what he says to us. We can take encouragement from what Mary said to the servants at Cana at the wedding. She told them, whatever Jesus said, do it. It Seems like a strange thing. But if we remember whatever Jesus' instruction is, and we do it, there will be no error in our path. Challenge number three, leave the past behind. Whatever is happening last year is gone. It is history and cannot be changed. There were some things that were good. There were some things in the past that maybe should not have been. But we must remember, no matter what, it can be forgiven if confessed. It is certain that however much we, we try to live in the past, we cannot. We have today, we face tomorrow, but yesterday with his joys and sorrows is irretrievably gone. What we did in the past years cannot be changed. We cannot even change what we did yesterday. We can certainly learn from the past, but whether we like it or not, we have to move forward in the new year. Let us determine, like Paul, to leave the past behind us, facing the future with real expectancy as we firmly believe God and expect great things. Challenge number four, expectations. With hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead, I go straight for the goal. I cannot tell you what lies ahead in this coming year, but I do know that the Lord is in control, and he has plans for me and for each one of you. His plans are only for good. I am sure that you can remember that wonderful text in Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven. I know the plans I have made for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and to give you a future. Now it may be that some of you say, now, I haven't prospered in the past year. Then let me remind you of what the scriptures say in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. Can you honestly say you have put the Lord first in every part of your life? Your home, your friends, your finances, your conversations, your thoughts of life. Have you made time for the Lord to speak with you? He can speak to you and would like to, but we must take time to listen. As we heard earlier, the past is behind us and cannot be changed, but let us learn from our mistakes and go forward with outstretched hands to whatever lies ahead. Let us deliberately and consciously place our confidence in the goodness of our God and trust him, expecting and allowing him to work his purposes in our lives. Let there be an eagerness with our hands outstretched, anticipating the generosity of God. There is a place that he wants us to arrive in our lives. That is why he is constantly seeking to work out his plans In spite of us. There is meant to be an end result. A destination point. So the question arises. Are we aiming at the target? So challenge number five. Destination. As Paul says. I go straight for the goal. Here he uses the metaphor. Of the athlete who has. Seen the finishing line. As the target. Who will not be distracted. By anyone or anything. He does not run from side to side. His attention is not di- diverted by what others are doing. He stays on the path and runs a straight line. This must be our standard for the new year. We can never win a race by pointing to someone else and saying, Look, he's not running right. Don't you see? He's ahead of me. I can't win. There is only one way we can do it, and that is by looking at the finish line and going for that ourselves. If we are going to see the blessing of the Lord poured out upon us, if we are going to see the people coming to know the Lord as Savior, if we are going to see the growth in our own lives and in the life of our fellowship here at this church, then this must be the main pointer and the direction of our lives for the year. Let nothing cause you to deviate from your purpose. Aim for the goal of allowing the Lord to work out his purposes in your life this year. Make your will and desires subordinate to the will of the Lord. Do you really know God's plan for you? Are you aware there is a part in God's purpose that only you can fulfill? Not our leaders, not our church, only you. Go for it. Go straight for that goal. As I look out upon this new year and upon our church, I see destinations that I want to arrive at for our church this year. Number one, making our children a priority. Not only a priority, but priority number one, but you say we do make them a priority. We spend more on them than we do any other budget item. I say that as well, that is good and as it should be, but they need your time. We need people who are willing to teach and help our young people grow and learn. We need kindergarten, primary, and junior class teachers. This takes. Your time and dedication. Let me ask you another question. Do children or adults need more of our time and attention? What is more important, the adult Sabbath school lesson or the investment in our youth? We have a nominating committee that will be coming forth this month to establish offices in the next year. With your support, Will we have a complete and functioning church? Destination number two, expanding your service. I'm asking that each one of you take an additional task or opportunity this year. What do you want to do? What do you see as your passion? Is there something you see that you do not like and want to change? Well, change it. Bring it to the elders of the church board, but be careful. If you bring it to the church board, they'll probably ask you to go do it. Careful what you ask for. There are so many ministries in our church, and all of them have the need of your time. Destination number three expanding your giving. We have discussed this before when we make the emphasis. The funds come in, but I would like us each this year as we sit down with our finances to continue with what Gary had talked about, that four meals each month. We do not want to remove any of our ministries. We have started a school. We want to keep that going. We have prison ministries, Friday Night Live, social services, Pathfinders, Adventurers. There is so much here to be involved in. And we want to see it growing. We are asking to continue with that $40 per month per family. We know with this that our ministries will go forward and that we will continue what we have started. We also have priority number four, and this one's a big one. There are two large infrastructure projects that we need to do in the next year. We talk about them in church board, but I'm going to talk about them up here. Number one is our piano. It needs to be refurbished. That is not cheap. And it needs to be done in the coming year. Number two is our parking lot. It needs to be repaved. These will both be expensive and large infrastructure projects for us this next year. I want us to be challenged by them, not discouraged by them or overcome by them. We need to maintain our infrastructure as a growing, thriving church so that others see that we are with God's leadership, following his word, and they want to become a part of this growing and fulfilled church. With these four destinations, I also want us to be careful. Because there is a way I can guarantee we will not fulfill these goals. If we do not invite the Holy Spirit to come in and take over our lives, we will fail. I can guarantee that. But if we as a church invite the Holy Spirit to come in, to be with us, to lead us, we will not fail. Do you understand that? We cannot fail if God is leading. He is our root spreading out through us like that mangrove forest, reclaiming the world. And bringing them back to Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit we will grow. We will expand. We will trap all of that sediment. And bring it as nourishment for our church to grow. And to do all things. Today I challenge you. Fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Let the world be shown what we can do as a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led church.